Hey everyone, I'm Kyla. Welcome to my channel where I talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. Welcome to the Everything That You Need to Know series, a series of primers where I break down everything that you need to know about the crypto market, the stock market, and the economy. Today, we are going to be talking about the inflation measure that everybody talks about, but nobody actually knows what it means. Baltic Dry Index, what it is, what it measures, why it's important, the structure of the shipping market, and then also some other thoughts on inflation. If you want to go ahead and hit subscribe, that would be a boat tooting its horn. I thought this was kind of funny as a news point, Staples Center will be renaming itself to crypto.com. In the metaverse, none of the shipping stuff is actually going to matter. This is the Baltic Dry Index. There's the two very polarized camps within the inflation debate, one of whom thinks that hyperinflation is here, it's inevitable, and the other of whom thinks deflation is here. Innovation will lead the way, demographics will destroy us, that sort of stuff. So we have two very vocal differences there. So what actually is going on with inflation and why are we talking talking about the BDI. Goldman Sachs came out the other day and was like, oh, inflation is going to get worse before it gets better. Look at all this stuff. We have supply chain constraints. Everything's going to be really bad. You should expect inflation to just be through the roof. If you want a really good primer on inflation, my friend Humphrey just published a really good overview of everything that's going on there. But inflation, so Goldman's like, hey, it's, it's real bad out there. The reason that we talk about the supply chain so much is because transportation pricing is the canary in the coal mine. So if it's like, oh, I can't get my goods, obviously the economy is not going to do good. <laughs> If you can't get things, you're not going to be able to sell things. People aren't going to be able to buy things. And that's why transportation pricing is so important because it really is this like core component of the economy. But now there's this big question, well, is this supply chain actually getting better? All of these numbers that are a pretty good indicator of how the supply chain is doing, how the industrial side, the producer side is doing, have improved since we spoke about them last. The U.S. industrial production month over month for October increased, capacity utilization increased, manufacturing production increased. But another thing that's important to talk about, we can do all the production we want in factories, but more than 80% of all trade in the world is maritime, is on the sea. That's really why it's an important indicator of the economy because it's most of the trade that's happening. When we look at the Baltic Dry Index, this has fallen 50% from its peak. It's still up 148% on the year, but some easing is good, of course. So if you look at this chart, Baltic Dry Index is down 50% from the October peak, a five-month low. So as we kind of get on, hopefully, the other side of this pandemic, a five-month low is a pretty big deal. However, of course, it's still up 148% on the year because we're still feeling the pain. What is the BDI? So the BDI is a measure of daily dry bulk shipping rates, which reflect the supply and demand of dry bulk vessels. It's an index that measures the average cost of leasing these ships to transport this dry bulk cargo. So that could be coal, iron ore, grains, etc. The cost of transporting those raw materials by sea. Average of prices paid for sea transport of raw materials does not count containers or final products. It's really just how do we get this from point a to point b takes into account shipping routes the timing of delivery ship capacity and is pretty much mostly a widely used benchmark in shipping it's going to be influenced by the price of oil because it's very expensive to move an entire ship across the ocean when the bdi is higher it's like demand for shipping everybody's wanting the goods a booming international trade when it's lower there's a decline in demand and you could be like there's a crisis coming that's kind of what happened in 2008 so this thing just cratered in 2008 and everyone went in the recession happened and cratered pre-covid obviously 
you get the COVID recession. So diving more into how it's calculated, it assesses these multiple shipping rates across 20 routes from each of the BDI component vessels. They calculate all these different paths for them. So five different paths for the Cape size. Panamax is the second biggest one that has five different routes. And then the Supermax is the smallest one. And that is 10 routes. So the reason that they do multiple geographic routes is because it's like, okay, you know, things could be good in one part of the world, but bad in the other part. The members here contact dry bulk shippers every single day to gather these prices and, and calculate an average. And they issue that number daily with the ships themselves. So Capesize are the largest ships in the BDI with 100,000 dead weight tonnage or greater. So just huge ships. The average weight is very, very large. They also include ships that go up to 400,000 DWT. These primarily transport coal and iron ore on long haul routes and are occasionally used to transport grains. They're too big for the Panama Canal. They're 10% of the world's fleet, but account for 62% of bulk traffic. Many of the Panamax, so these are a little bit smaller. So 60K to 80K deadweight tonnage, and they're mostly used to transport coal, grains, and other minor bulk products, such as sugar and cement. They're barely thick enough to get through the Panama Canal, and 19% of the world's fleet and 20% of dry bulk traffic. And there's the smaller ships, so Supermax, they used to be handy size, but they stopped calculating that. These have a carrying capacity of 40K to about 60K DWT. They make up about 40% of the world's fleet and about 20% of the dry bulk traffic. So obviously the big old ships are going to be doing most of the carrying. You have these, these different types of ships and the BDI calculates the cost of these ships, these very big ships, to ship these dry bulk products. When you think about the stuff that they ship, these ships are shipping dry bulk commodities. So that's iron ore, that's coal, that's grain, that's those major dry bulk commodities, iron ore, coal, and grain, are two-thirds of global dry bulk trade. Then the minor bulks would be steel products, sugars, and cement. If you really want to zoom out and get really technical, with it, all marine cargo can be broken down into packed or unpacked. And so dry bulk cargo is just one component of the shipping industry. So dry bulk is going to be metals, coal, grain, iron ore, minerals, cement. But the other aspect of unpacked bulk cargo is going to be liquid bulk, which is gasoline, LNG, chemicals, petroleum, crude oil. And then on the other side of that, you have packed cargo. So you have packed and unpacked. So packed cargo is going to be break bulk cargo, bags, barrels, drums, neobulk cargo, which is going to be lumber, <laughs> paper, steel, Unitized cargo, so that's going to be trailers and containers. Unpacked bulk cargo, dry bulk sits within there, and that's what this thing is calculating. So one fifth of all marine cargo is, is what this thing kind of takes into consideration, just for an idea of like what what that actually means. With that being said, it's not really that speculative because you can't really speculate on cargo ships. Like they're either going to be there or they're not going to be there. And this is what makes the market so interesting. The supply of cargo ships is inelastic because um, it takes two years to build a new ship and the cost of laying up a new ship is, is too high to like, you know, speculate on. You're not gonna be like, oh, I think, I'll think they're gonna have 75 more ships next year. You, you have a general idea of what the market's going to look like. So the six key variables of really how the BDI moves is going to be commodity demand, ship supply, seasonality, bunker oil prices and port congestion and geopolitics. The BDI is pretty influenced by commodity demand. When there is a demand increase in how we've seen recently, right, the BDI is going to increase. But if people are like, no, no thanks, don't want this anymore, the BDI is going to fall. China, for example, is very into the iron ore market and they have been demanding less iron ore. And that's going to impact how the BDI is moving right now because China is a huge, 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 huge mover of this stuff and they're not really 
importing it in the same amount that they were. All these little things going around just impact the BDI at the end of the day. Also ships, so the average ship age, so ships are supposed to last about 25 years. If there's not enough ships, obviously like capacity is going to be reduced. People are going to notice that and that will imply a rise in the BDI. But if there's too many ships, supply and demand, that's going to put downward pressure on the BDI because it's like, okay, well, all these ships, how are they going to move all this stuff? There's too many of them. There's seasonality, so demand for raw materials, so grain and coal, and that's going to have fluctuations. We normally see fluctuations in commodities around December and November. Then also oil prices. Fuel is like 40% of the operating cost of these things. So a surge in oil prices is going to impact shipping rates, and that's going to push upward pressure on the BDI. Obviously, downward pressure from oil is going to put downward pressure on the BDI. What I talked about in the supply chain video, if you have port congestion and the ships are tied up, they're not going to be able to move stuff. And if you got a ship stuck in the Suez Canal, like Evergrande, that's going to put upward pressure on the BDI because nothing can get through. Then also geopolitics. The straits of, of some countries, there tends to be pirates and things like that. That can be really tough because you have to have insurance rates and those are going to go up if your ship gets attacked. Geopolitics play a huge role in how the BDI moves as well. What's going on right now? Why is the BDI doing what it's doing? The BDI tends to be negative and can be negative in December and can be negative in November. And this year it's already up 148%. So it's down seasonally, but still up a lot from a long-term perspective. There's some concerns around the health of the Chinese economy. The single state that they just had shows that, you know, like Chinese consumer is still alive and well and purchasing things. But when you think about Evergrande and the ghost real estate that's going on there, if China's not going to be building real estate the same way, that's going to put pressure on the construction industry, put pressure on the steel trade. Then also Brazil, who's a top iron ore producer, they're having production cuts and that's going to weigh on larger vessels as well and put downward pressure on things. So China not producing the real estate the same way, not demanding steel the same way, not demanding iron ore the same way because iron ore is an input to steel. Then also Brazilian production cuts, that's all going to put downward pressure on the BDI. And that's what we're seeing right now. China is just a huge leading indicator here because they are the leading commodities consumer. When China buys, prices tend to rally because they just move markets. And also dry bulk is primarily raw material that is an input into everything else. It's an economic indicator of future economic growth and production because when you make things, you have raw materials and then you have a work in progress and then you have finished goods if anybody took accounting. If your raw materials aren't coming in, you can't have a work in progress and then you can't have finished goods. Raw materials are kind of like that base layer for anything to get done. Raw materials are like the sock that you got to put on your foot before you put on your sneaker. If you wear socks, that's kind of how you can think of it. Sock would be raw materials. Your shoe is going to be kind of a work in progress. Tying your shoe is going to be a finished good. You can't do anything without having your sock on your foot, hopefully. That's kind of how you can think about that process. <laughs> the BDI was moving higher, and so that's good because it's like, oh, the global commodity market's recovering, the economy's recovering, but now this thing is just plummeting and has hit its lowest level since June. So CNBC published an interesting article about it. They were like, oh, everybody's like the CPI, so the inflation metric for consumers, the consumer price index is so high. But no, look at the BDI. That's going to tell us that inflation is easing. Sure. I mean, yeah, yes. It, it could signal that the overheating of the economy is easing, that the shipping market is recovering 
there, there's not as much congestion on the ports. There's not as much demand for commodities. Like everything's kind of easing out. The BDI is a good e- economic indicator. So in 2008, it went down 66% from April to July, falling even more after the banking panic. It was very predictive then, but it's also a very sensitive index. Outlines here, marginal increases in demand for ships will push the index up very rapidly and marginal decreases in demand will push it down. So 500 ships competing for 510 cargoes, rates go up. 500 ships competing for 490 cargoes, rates go down. It's, it's very sensitive to say like, oh, this means that we're not having inflation is a little bit sticky because that isn't quite what's happening. Number one, because it's so sensitive. Number two is is because it's a very niche part of the market. However, with all that being said, it obviously takes into account the price of raw materials. And because of that, it is a good leading economic indicator. And a decline in demand for those materials could indicate a decline in demand for the economy in general. On the post-COVID context, the indicator is going down. And after a high peak, it actually be a good thing, signaling the easing of the supply chain crisis or it could be all due to China. So China not demanding the same amount of steel, cutting their export subsidies, causing a contraction in demand. They're kind of rethinking how their economy is structured. And that could put really a lot of pressure on the the global economy if if China changes their consumption pattern. There's an argument that it's a bad proxy for trade because it really focuses on China and commodity demand and only contains that bulk shipping rate. So container rates, if you look at the Shanghai index, that comprises 15 most important trade routes for containers, which are finished goods rather than these being the raw material goods. There's a lot of nuances to it, but the BDI is important just to think about, I think, energy demand, and then to think about the structure of the shipping industry. It ties into the supply chain, it ties into the energy crisis, which I I will do a video on, but to say like, oh, the BDI is it has dropped, you know, 50% in the last couple months might not be as impactful as, as we think it is. Some final thoughts, when you actually zoom out and think about inflation, here, the BDI might not be that impactful because it is so sensitive, because it's so inelastic. Then when you look at the CPI, inflation here on, on the ground in, in land, it's expensive to be a human still. So you look at rents and rents are just exponential. That's concerning. I would say that the BDI is an interesting measure of inflation. It's definitely something to pay attention to. Just to be like, oh, what are shipping rights doing? What is energy doing? What is China doing? How are they consuming? What does that mean for maybe how China is thinking about economic growth right now? What could that mean for everybody else that relies on China? And then also just tying that into the broader inflation narrative. Shelter is going to be a huge component of inflation moving forward, probably because of base effects because of pandemic pricing, but still going to be painful. There's a lot going on uh, with inflation under the surface, but the BDI is kind of that weird thing that everyone's like, what does it actually do? So that's what it does. This is the BDI and inflation. Like I said, go check out Humphrey's channel. He has a great primer on inflation as well. I will be back tomorrow and I will be back on Friday. Thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks so much for spending time with me. If you want to go ahead and hit subscribe, that would be a boat tooting its horn. Yeah. Thanks so much for hanging out.